The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We tell you, Every week, you know where to find us. I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host here for the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We'll introduce the crew shortly. Check us out on Twitch and YouTube, where we are live every week. Move this one up to a Sunday recording here, but on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, search for Pride of Detroit on YouTube, where you can watch us live there. And once again, this thing is just... uh, devouring us it's 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 literally swallowing us whole i started my night on a live stream with jeremy reisman fearless leader at detroit on lion and i am still awake after an overnight shift doing this podcast um this is this thing is hell jeremy it is eating me alive and once again you are just trying to fleece every for donations for your just disgusting porno mustache I'm actually, I mean, I'm not in a much better situation than you in terms of sleep. Uh, I probably got about four hours last mm. night, um, up until about 2.30 writing slash discussing it. Woke up at, uh, at 6, 6.30 because I always do. But uh, I'm actually in a surprisingly good mood, all things considered, because uh, overall I feel pretty darn good about this Matthew Stafford trade, and we're going to get into all the reasons why in a second. But, uh, you know, I didn't think yeah. I'd be here based on where I was at this time last week. Yeah, no, I think um, this is definitely a different reaction from you. We'll just say that. I think you've gone through the appropriate stages of grief and joined me on the side of just uh, sickos. So, but speaking of sickos, the third man, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock at Ryan underscore POD. We will not go through the reason why Ryan is a sicko. We will not. We were just going to appreciate him. We welcome him in, nurture him, and love him. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, that that started off as a really, 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 really tough intro, but I think you saved yourself in the end. That's how I always do it, man. That's how I always do it, just barely getting by. It was was like the Brad Holmes of intros. It's like, oh, no, Matthew Stafford, mutually agreed to part ways. How how is this going to go? How's this going to go? Oh, it's awesome. Cool. All right, cool. Everything is awesome. So we're starting there. So let's 
go down the hall again. Matt, if you don't know, you're just living under a rock. And for whatever reason, the first thing you click on is this podcast, maybe on Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts, and you hit play and you don't know what we're talking about. The Lions have just dealt Matthew Stafford, longtime quarterback, to the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, fellow future traveler, the Rams now play in St. Louis. I mean, in, in Los Angeles, St. Louis Rams play in Los Angeles. God damn it. Um, the St. Louis Rams play in Los Angeles. I know it's fickle. You are, you are catching people up that, that apparently were living underneath the rock for years now. For I appreciate many, that. many years. Yeah. Um, so the Lions are receiving two first over first round picks uh, in 2022, 2023, a third rounder for 2021 and current. Well, not any more current Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Jared Goff. That is the hall. That is that is what it is for Stafford. He gets out of town. He apparently wants to play in Los Angeles, which I can't blame him because a Sean McVay's system seems really cool. And B, uh, he can go hang out with Clayton Kershaw and we can stop hearing about that connection. Until the we're, end of time. We're going to hear about him more now. This, that's the worst part oh, yeah, about absolutely. this trade. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be on national TV more and more. Uh, so I discussed it last night with Jeremy. So I think I, I'm going to let Ryan, your initial reactions to this trade. I, I want you to take on, take, go, go, go and uh, start us off here. Okay. So initially seeing the Schefter tweet, I felt conflicted. Right. And I think I felt conflicted because there was so much going on. It was, you know, draft picks in the future. It was Jared Goff. It was Matthew Stafford finally leaving Detroit. And I think that's where the conflictedness came from. And uh, I'm I'm not the person who when when Justin Verlander left Detroit was like rooting and, and thumping for the Astros to win to win a World Series. And I'm definitely not that person now with with Matthew Stafford. I mean, how how can you how can you root for the guy when just the volatility of this trade could lead to the Lions being in an incredible position when it comes to their future and future draft picks? Um, it's it's a business, and I think that this trade really reflects that. Now, I think the Lions did maybe. Maybe one of the sneaky good parts of this deal was eventually brought out. I can't remember which insider broke it because there was there were so many I of them. That was, were, I believe it was Tom Pelissero had it first, but depending on who you ask, Jay Glazer might try to claim it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm specifically talking about the uh, the report that this was a deal that was done very amicably because Stafford preferred the Los Angeles Rams. And mm-hmm. the Lions kind of made everything work in terms of the the return they were able to get for Matthew Stafford, sending Matthew Stafford off into a direction that he wanted to go in. When you hold that up into comparison to how the Calvin Johnson situation was handled by similar ownership and, and leadership, um, I know that they're not exact same situations, but what that does, I think, is it it starts to repair and build goodwill for players that are that are coming here. And I, I think that really piggybacks off the report from I think it was from Burkett, where uh, he he mentioned that Dan Campbell said that he reached out to Matthew Stafford 
and was like, hey, like, I, I know I understand why you want to go. Um, I get it. If you could just do me a favor, I want to get an understanding of what it's been like, you know, these past 12 years. What's the state of the locker room right now? Um, and and kind of just picking his brain. This regime has done everything very well. And Brad Holmes, in his first couple weeks um, as being general manager, has made the biggest trade in the franchise's history. I, I it's yeah, I mean, he's he's walking into Allen Park with a with a wheelbarrow on Monday for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think and I think that's an interesting point to, to jump off of here is just the optics of it for the Lions. And it looks good. Like if, even nationally, I think most people are are thinking the Lions mostly came out on top, getting Matthew Stafford, a guy who's nearing the end of his career, who's coming off a couple injuries to get to, to notch two first round picks and a day two pick, uh, as well as a guy who can bridge the gap at quarterback for a while. That seems like a very big win, but putting all of that, like the anal- the analysis side of it, just the optics of it, you're, you're right. The, the Lions have have this crappy notoriety of, of doing their their best players in history poorly, and they certainly didn't in this case. And we'll we'll get into it a little bit later whether they gave whether they maybe gave up some things um, in order to make Matthew Stafford happy, and and maybe even if they did potentially give up a quote unquote better deal. Um, for Matthew Stafford, would it have been that worth it um, to make Matthew Stafford unhappy to say, like, maybe send him to Washington, a, a dysfunctional organization from top to bottom that, that is also probably trying to look to, to better their image? Um, would it have been worth it to maybe get whatever deal they had that, that may have helped the lines more short term, but also make Matthew Stafford upset? Pro- I mean, probably not, honestly, um, given given where this franchise has been and and that can pay off whether whether it brings in free agents this year, probably not um, given the, the optics of, of what this team is going to look like in 2021 and, and probably 2022. Um, but if you're if you're looking at this Lions franchise and you've and and they've just been known for wasting the careers of Calvin Johnson, wasting the careers of Barry Sanders, making everyone upset and, and you know, thinking this place was a hellhole. This was a very good way to turn things around in an instant because you got to remember this is this is Sheila Ford Hamp's first off season too. So now she's she's kind of living on on you know with with a little extra money in her pocket and 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 obviously Brad Holmes made quite a first impression there. So uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed by by this whole outcome so far. Yeah, I don't I don't really buy that Washington had a better offer. I think this is the best offer available. I. I question like I I'll just be honest. I was reading some of Josina Anderson's tweets and she was the one bringing up that like her league source very adamantly pounding the table saying Lions left a better deal from Washington on the table. It really sounded like her source was somewhat inside Washington that it was just sour grapes at that point. I don't know what it's possible. We haven't seen the Washington deal as of this recording, but I, I find it hard to believe that. Washington was going to be able to offer two first round no, picks. No, I don't like, think there was, there was definitely not two first round picks on no, the table anywhere. No, no, no. The question I, becomes whether yeah. there was like a first and a second this year. I think, I think it's okay, a fair but, debate to have whether that's better than what the Lions got or not. Okay. But like Washington's first would have been the 19th overall. Sure. Like I think, it sounded like Denver was if they could have gotten a deal with Denver, I would have been curious then if you wager up between Rams or Denver, because the holding point that seemed for Denver was that 
the Lions wanted their first and Denver was on board with that. But then they also wanted some of the young talent on Denver's roster, which I said was, I think in a few things I wrote this week and talked on some podcasts, I said that was absolutely a possibility. And that was absolutely probably a goal of this Lions of this Lions team was to acquire young talent on team friendly deals. And just Denver balked at that at that price because they like what they've got. So I think it sounded like maybe the Lions even wanted Drew Locke in there, which would have been. Yeah, go go on, Ryan. Well, I'm just going to say, I think that that's an important point, Chris, for us to kind of hit the reset button on on this trade in and of itself. Like when you look at this trade, this trade signifies to fans, it signifies to the rest of the league, it signifies to everybody that the Lions are rebuilding. This mm-hmm. isn't, obviously, if, if there were better offers on, on the table, um, I, I don't even know if they can be called better offers. They have to be considered different offers. And I, yeah, and I mean, so big- and I, yeah, and I just mean that in the sense that Washington could have given you maybe more up front right now, but the Lions are playing the long game to this. They're not interested. They don't. I, I, I don't think Brad Holmes. I don't think Dan Campbell thinks that this roster right now, as it's constructed, can compete in 2021. Maybe not even 2022, if you consider you know taking on Jared Goff to be the bridge. But I, I think that it's really important to grade this trade or to value it based on the you know the the extracurriculars that are going on outside of it you have to understand the viewpoint and the perspective that the front office was taking with this yeah i i i think that was the argument going around with the washington deal was like this was more help right now for detroit which probably means they were giving up the first and probably some pieces that they had under contract but I don't think it sounded like it doesn't seem like they were pieces that, again, met that youth requirement that the Lions are looking for. And I don't think like, again, that second pick really sweet. That second first pick really sweetened the pot, I think, for Detroit. And I think I'll talk about it later, too. But it gives them massive flexibility in the next three drafts on what they could do. Like in any of these drafts, I know Jeremy and I were having this conversation before we started on the difference in value or seemingly lack thereof among GMs looking at a first round draft pick this year versus a first round draft pick in a future draft class. Right. And so, and yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I, that's kind of the, the, before we jump off into more things about this trade, cause I don't want to get too stuck up on the other deals. Is, is that argument that the that a first round draft pick in 2020 or in 2021 is worth uh, sorry, a first round draft pick next year is essentially the same as a second round draft pick this year. There's this kind no. of and, and, and that's the way some sometimes the NFL operates like the Lions jumped into the fourth round of a draft recently with a third round pick. From next year, this this thought that you know it, it's the it's a Popeye thing. I'd gladly pay you for uh, I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. That sort of thing. <laughs> and and I get that that's how the NFL operates, but I think this is a special scenario for the Lions, and that I don't think it it works out that way. There's there's a couple of reasons. One is that the Lions have the value of time. They they've given out long term deals to the new GM. They've given out a long term deal to the new head coach. A third round, a first round pick a couple years down the road to me is just about the exact same as it is today because they're not trying to win this year. They're not trying to win next year. They're trying to win three years down the road, four years down the line, five years down the line. Plus, there's the whole COVID situation, right? There's no, there's not going to be an NFL combine. All these interviews that they're going to be doing are going to be virtual with these draft picks. 
Brad Holmes just got in the damn building, so he doesn't have everything set up to to what he wants. Next year, they're going to be much more comfortable in in the whole draft process. Hopefully, COVID will be over, so we'll have a normal full offseason to really get to know the 2022 draft class in a way they, they aren't going to get to know the 2021 draft class. So to me, I'll take picks down the line. And and to me, that it holds just about the same value. Obviously, we have to wait and see what happens with the Rams and how high these first-round picks, and that's that that amount of variance is, is going to matter. Um, and it's a huge risk for the Rams, right? Like, yes, they look like a Super Bowl contender right now. Matthew Stafford could get injured. Plenty of other people could get injured. Some they're in a tough division. Who knows what those draft picks are going to look like at all? A lot of people are assuming it's going to be like twenty-eight or, or or lower. It's just like okay, well, let's chill yeah, for a second. There's, the NFL there's a lot is not of that predictable. There, there's a lot of assumption that just because they picked up Stafford that they'll go far again. Injuries could derail it. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if the 49ers will get a quarterback now. Like, I don't know if they can really land, say, a Deshaun Watson. But if they get a quarterback, they'll be competitive in that division, too. I don't the Seahawks and the Cardinals could both be competitive. They're, they're both wild card teams. And that's a tough division. That's a really the NFC West is a really tough division. And there's no guarantees. They've got everything like set up right for them there but we've seen this before where everything looks great and then just stuff falls apart this is the nfl like it's funny too because it's it's hit this weird thing because i know a lot of lions fans will root for stafford in los angeles but the more they struggle the better those draft picks are gonna be for for the next few years too (laughs) so i mean it's win-win as far as i'm concerned yeah, I'm I'm a little more conflicted in my opinions because I don't know. I I do want to see Matthew Stafford succeed. I do want to see Matthew Stafford prove some of the doubters here in Detroit wrong that that said, you know, this guy wasn't capable of winning a playoff game, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, at the same time like one I'm going to I'm going to definitely hate at the bottom of my core watching him lift a Lombardi trophy somewhere else and <laughs> two I mean a, a, a the even the 20th overall pick is so much different than the 32nd or the 31st. So yeah, um, maybe once we get into the playoffs, my, my opinions will change a little bit, but um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm, un, I'm understanding of both sides. If you want Matthew Stafford to win, I get it. If you, if you want him to, if you want the Rams to just go out and hellfire and, and flame out, I get that too. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead, Ryan. Real quick, just to kind of put a bow on this talk about, um, you know, the, the variance and, and the potential return for those first round picks. I think Robert Mays from the athletic had a couple of really good tweets where, you know, if that assumption is the first round picks are going to be in the twenties, like that sounds great until everything goes off the rails and you're giving a team like the third overall pick. Right. And, and that, and you know, he, he, he also says like, have faith that the Rams have enough to avoid disaster, even if they get unlucky, but there's considerable risk in doing this. And he even like brings up a great point. He's like, Hey, I think Kyle Shanahan is an awesome head coach. I think the 49ers have an awesome defense. Look what happened last year. They went six and 10. Yep. So life in the NFL is anything but a certainty. And here's, here's the certain thing. Two first round picks for a quarterback that is closer to the twilight of his career than the prime of his career in terms of health. And I think that that cannot be understated. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, like I'm looking at this draft right now, you're talking about how these things can fall apart. Um, Miami has a third overall pick because of Houston. Like, yeah. Houston's best laid plan. What's that? 
I said Houston's going to Houston. Bill O'Brien's yep. going to Bill Beth, O'Brien. Best laid plans, man. All right, well, let's take a quick break, reset, come back. I do want to talk about who seems to be the new Lions quarterback of the present, Jared Goff, and more impacts from this trade next year on the Friday Detroit POD cast. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Okay, uh, as always, peeling back the curtain, we try to be upfront with you guys about like we we do this all live. Stuff happens behind the scenes. Sometimes our our live chat takes over. But this broke while we were just sitting here, kind of recalibrating. We're, we're going to get to Garrett, Jared Goff in a second, but I I this tickled. Jeremy so much. I'm like, all right, well, I'll read this. And I don't think Ryan has seen it yet. This is for coming from Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Uh, more details out of the blockbuster deal that sent Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams. And Curran, you might ask NBC Boston, what do, what do they have to say? Well, apparently Stafford told the Lions they could send him anywhere but the New England Patriots. <laughs> rest assured rest assured Stafford does not have a no trade clause in that contract but he had one team and one team only he did not want to go to the New England Patriots oh my god that's that's fantastic um do you, that's hilarious do you think that's more Josh Daniels or Matt Patricia or I, well I think it's just I mean he saw what the Patriot way was and and granted the Lions had a a a mangled version of it here, but like he, th- that's how they run things in new England too. It's just like very strict, very not fun. And ma- I mean, Matthew Stafford's 33 years old. He wants to go out and have fun and win some ball games. And yeah, maybe he wins some ball games in new England. I think they probably bounce back in a big way next year, but um, that's, that's hilarious. And, and for it to happen literally like days after Matt Patricia rejoins the Patriots, it's just very funny, very funny. I mean, they they don't have any receivers right now. Their whole offense is a mangled mess. Ryan, what what do you think of this headline? Um, I think that I I pointed this out back when um, back when the the Matt Patricia stuff was going on during the season, but like I I think it spoke volumes how Matt Stafford wasn't backing Matt Patricia after Thanksgiving, like there was just way more to that than I think anybody really gave credence to. I have to 100% think that yet. I I agree with Jeremy to a certain extent, like maybe the Patriot way wasn't for, for Matthew Stafford, but I think specifically Matt Patricia's Patriot way was not something that Matthew Stafford thrived in. And you just can't help but connect the dots and say, well, Matt Patricia's back in new England. So there's no way that Matthew Stafford would want to bump elbows with that guy on the same team ever again. So, um, cause I, I, dude, I mean, it's not, it's not a better situation though. Like think about the dearth of talent that is on that new England Patriots offense. Like you didn't think, you didn't think, you know, the lions had any receivers after Kenny Galladay went down. Oh man. Yikes. Look, look at, look at that Patriots receiving core. Yeah, who's the best one right now? Is Chris White still on the team? 
Hey, you know what? You could have looked no, no further than you could have looked no further than the Lions roster and say, "Oh, look, it's Mohamed Sanu, the guy that the Patriots <laughs> traded a second round pick for a couple <laughs> years ago and then cut." Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. As I said, man, things change. The Mighties Dude. don't remember Mighties, and yeah. And good for them too, though, because as as you guys already mentioned, Matthew Stafford had no say in where he went. And again, coming back to that point, like the Lions did him right, but they also got an awesome return. So it's really just like a win 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 win. I feel like I know some Rams fans aren't seeing this as a win, but uh, I, I, I don't know, man. It seems like everyone seems to think that they paid heavily, but they got a great quarterback. So I, I don't know. I, I'm still triangulating the Rams position from the chatter, but I want to take a second if we could to talk about Jared Goff who is yeah. for now the Lions quarterback. Oh, Goff. Yes. The the ultimate Detroit I mean Lions legend Jared Goff. Yeah, a, a Manser quarterback, Lions quarterback. When is the last time you've been able to say those two things together? Manser Shaheen's personal favorite quarterback. <laughs> when when was the last time you were able to say a two-time Pro Bowl quarterback? Mm. Maybe literally never. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a slightly higher career QBR than Stafford as well. So clearly he's just a better quarterback. Why do we have to troll everybody like this for so long? Uh, Because we have to. Uh, Okay, so here's the thing. I. The thing with Jared Goff is there seems to be a lot of options. I know we talked about him a little bit in the first segment as basically a stop as a stopover, a bridge quarterback, whatever you want to call him. Because I think we're we're all in agreement that the Lions will draft a quarterback in the next few, in the next couple of drafts, right? Like, yeah. But I, man, I, I I'm fascinated by this because on one hand, it uh, the downside is it's a lot of money on there. It, it's a lot of money on the contract. I know Jeremy, you just wrote something here, uh, on Sunday about kind of the particulars of that contract coming from. Uh, some other writers out there who've been trying to like piece it together. It, it's going to, and I know some Lions fans and writers were wringing their wringing their hands, like, "Oh my God, is this money going to handicap the Lions from re-signing Kenny Galladay?" The, the short answer short answer is no. But more than just the contract, there, like, it's a second chance for Jared Goff in a better position, or maybe it could be flipped. But like, I, I, I don't know, like there, there's a lot going on with this with this uh, contract right now. The Lions have just picked up and we'll have Jared Goff for two years. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like the whole crux of the debate, whether this was a good trade or, or not. Right. Because if it if the trade was simply just Matthew Stafford for two first round picks, I think everyone would be would have been on board. But but Jared Goff, in a lot of people's mind, is a negative in this trade, and it has everything to do with the contract. He's he's going to take out twenty seven point eight million chunk out of the Lions' cap hit this year, twenty five point five next year, unless they cut him. So, I, I mean, this was a salary cap dunk by by the Rams, no no question. Um, and so the Lions almost certainly got more in return to take it on. The question is, how serious are they about Jared Goff, though? Because you have to you have to think about Brad Holmes in this situation. He is a guy who was very, very, very much involved in him being drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. He was literally asked by the general manager, Les Snead, are you in if we trade up and get this guy? And he said, absolutely, yes, 
go get him. We need to get our guy. We've been, you know, twiddling our thumbs for too long at the quarterback position. Let's go get him. There are already reports out there that, that Dan Campbell has reached out to Jared Goff and said, hey, you're our guy. You're going to be our starter this year. We believe in you. We're jacked up about you. You're, you're our quarterback. Now, is that just, you know, pumping up a guy who just got traded and probably feels a little down in the dumps being traded from a very good franchise to go to a team that, that everyone can see is rebuilding? Maybe. But I think I think there is legitimacy to there. And, and let's not pretend like Jared Goff is a complete trash can, okay? Like, I'm sick of hearing that from everybody else. This is a guy who went to two straight Pro Bowls. This was a guy who was a top 10 in every single metric you can look at two years ago, 2008. Team. That's not that long ago. And yes, the last two, two, two seasons have been very bad. And yes, he's coming from one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the NFL. And if he can't make that work, yes, you should have serious concern. But I think the line's interest in golf as an actual quarterback is real. And, and like you said, I think 2021 is a test year. The Lions could still very much pick a quarterback seven overall. I think, I think it's, it's very much within the realm of possibility that the guy that they, they like just has to be there. Um, even if they do, I still think Goff has an audition with the Lions. If he plays well, then maybe they he sticks around. His cap hit is actually very, very manageable in 2023 and 2024. Um, I think it's, you know, 25, 26, something and, like and that. If million. You have, and if you have questions about it too, like it can be restructured. Right. It can be restructured. Like sure. I, I don't think I, I've seen some people wringing their hands and saying like taking on this contract means that the Lions won't be able to sign Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones. And I just I have to disagree on that. I have to disagree on that because you you could set up a loaded cap deal with Kenny Galladay where when his cap hit starts to hit, Goff is off the books by that. And then and, well, you've succeeded with Goff being the bridge quarterback. And th- and that's the other thing. It's just like his contract is essentially a two-year deal with two options for the Lions and beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're, we're, are the Lions really going to need all that salary cap money in 2021, in 2022? Who are they going to go get and what is what difference is it going to make? They're not going to be building through free agency. They're building through the draft. They've right. already made that clear to you. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I... I, I want to impress upon what Jeremy said. I know I, I don't know. I forget where you stand actually on Jared Goff. I forget if you think he's horrible or you like him, but I just I feel like this is kind of for Jared Goff. This is kind of his last chance, right? If you don't land and and make an impression in 2021, by the time this contract is up, at best, you're probably a journeyman in this league. At worst, you're probably out. Sure. I mean, with that being said, too, there's always the Chicago Bears and oh, uh, they can always use quarterback help. So, oh, God. Um, but I here's the thing. And, and here's where I stand with with Jared Goff. Is he a good NFL quarterback? Well, he was, as Jeremy said, two years ago, he was a really good NFL quarterback. Um, do I think that over the past two years, he's shown enough to to prove that he's not that guy? I think that there are definite question marks that exist and link some of them to injury, link some of them to kind of his inability to really grow in Sean McVay's offense. I don't think that Jared Goff is a good quarterback. I don't think that Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback either. I think that he's a competent NFL starter who is probably a 
bottom of the quarter of the league in terms of starters. Now, I think that that's something important to have for the Lions, especially for a team that's rebuilding. Do you really want to throw caution to the wind and end up, you know, starting the season with David Blau or Chase Daniel or, you know, I, I don't even I don't even know if, like Jeremy said, if their guy is even going to be there at seven and you don't want to reach and take a quarterback that you don't view as being part of part of your future and, and your building. So I think it's really important getting a competent level NFL starter that's not going to signal to the rest of your team that like, hey, we're going to be bad. Like we're going to really, really be bad. And there's nothing you can do about it because, you know, Mitch Trubisky's at quarterback or, hey, Alex Smith, who has one leg, is going to be our quarterback. Like you're not setting that precedent or that expectation from the onset with a guy like Jared Goff. Now, are you saying that you're a Super Bowl competitor? Absolutely not. But you're you're at least telling the rest of your team like, hey, we're out here to try to win some football games. And and let, let me let me propose something to both of you, and you can you can tell me which one you would take. Because one thing that you also have to factor in here is if the Lions weren't getting a guy a quarterback in return, they were going to have to go out and spend on one. They weren't mm-hmm. going to just have Chase Daniel in here leading the team. So would you rather have Jared Goff for the next two years at cap hits of twenty seven and a half, twenty five and a half, or and and let's say let's let's whittle down the Lions trade to say. They got an extra first round for that. Otherwise, the deal would have been a first and a third. So would you rather have Jared Goff, a first round pick, cap hits of 27 and 25 million, or Tyrod Taylor for two years, let's say 11 million, which is the last deal he signed. Two years, 11 million, that extra cap space, but no first round pick. I like Tyrod, but I'll take that. I'll take that extra draft pick. Like that's that's what sells me on this is the extra draft pick. I, I know I made this tough on you, Ryan. You made it really pick, hard. I had to pick Tyrod Taylor. You could have said Cam Newton too, and I would have been on board for that. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, oh, geez, no. But, but uh, yeah, I just I I think that I would take the Jared Goff thing because, and I think this is being so overblown by people. But the contract really doesn't matter all that much because by the time the Lions are ready to start being competitive. As Jeremy already mentioned earlier in the podcast, like there are easy outs in 2023 and 2024. Yeah, he's off the books. Yeah, he's off the books. But I mean, there is to play devil's advocate. There is I'm talking about 35 to 40 million that you're saving here. And that can be rolled over if, if you don't want to spend it in the first couple of years. It can it can help towards an extension where you can you can level out that number to Kelly, Kenny Galladay. So he isn't hurting you a lot at the back end of a contract. Hey, I buy Kenny Galladay. Bye. Like the the line, the, the line. Well, that's the thing, though, is I think that this is a whole other discussion, but I'm just saying that the Lions signaled who they are and who they're going to be moving forward for the next couple of years. I don't know if Kenny Galladay fits into that timeline. It, yeah, it, it's possibly. I mean, the quote from from Dan Campbell that that emerged this week, and I think it was to Dave Burkett. I want to say he let me let me read it directly. He says. As much as I would love to believe that we're close, we're probably not that close. That's amazingly refreshing. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And the whole thing is, you know, I mean, I'm not concerned about trying to find the high priced free agent, the number one guy on the board. Most teams might do that because that's the guy that puts them over the edge. As much as I would love to believe we're not that close. 
Like that, right. I mean, he's basically telling you, like, if we had that 34, 40 million in cap space, it means nothing to us right now because what we're going to splurge on a pass exactly. rusher that that'll get us three years of of good play, but seven wins total. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So let me propose this to you real quick as well. Uh, signing Kenny Galladay to be a, I mean, the kind of money he's going to demand, he's going to be a a top seven, I think, paid wide receiver in the NFL. Wouldn't that be a way sillier move than taking on Jared Goff in his contract for the next couple of years? I mean, if you, if you if if Dan Campbell's saying that, and they're taking on Jared Goff's contract, and and also doing that with Kenny Galladay, I that that just that's a, that would be a head scratcher to me. Plus, the salary cap is a lie. Sorry, I'm not all. I'm not. I'm not. Yes. I'm not a guy that's, Yo, that's, man, that's like wringing my hands over the salary cap. I, I'm just I, not. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I, I did a podcast with Saints guys, and I kept saying, like, how the hell can you guys do this with over $100 million over the cap? And they're just like, Disner has ways, man. He'll, he'll figure it out. <laughs> Disner has ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it's insane what's going on here. Um, okay, here's my... Hey. Here's the uh, this is the only other thing I want to say. The only other like big thing I want to present to you guys on golf is that I've seen plenty of fans. They're not enthused about the idea of golf. And I I get that. I I totally get that. And they're wondering if golf, because there's so many teams out there, they're hungry for a quarterback. If golf by himself with his contract can now be flipped for another pick. I don't think so. Yeah. And I see Jeremy shaking his head. I don't don't think you get a third for him. I don't think you get a fourth for him. That contract is, I'm not going to call it an albatross, but that's a negative. I mean, it's, it's the reason the lions got a second first round pick. So I mean, if if the lions were able to do that, like build a Brad Holmes statue right this instant, if he can get like a third, a day two pick for Jared Goff right now, he's amazing. But I, I don't think that's the lion's intentions. And I certainly don't think they're going to have any buyers. I know it's going to be a very quarterback hungry market this offseason, especially with Deshaun Watson being dangled in front of people and Aaron Rodgers being dangled in front of people. But no, no one is taking on this Jared Goff contract. And and the other thing to that point, Jeremy, do you think Dan Campbell's really going to destroy all the goodwill that he just earned by trading Stafford to the place that he wants to go to by like just going back and completely like screwing his comments that like, Hey Jared, like you're our starter. I'm, I'm super excited. Like let's, let's do this thing. Like, yeah, that's the other part too. Like they, they, they're committing to Jared Goff for this year. There. Who has a problem with that? I I would say that there is a small possibility if he pops off in 2021, then you might dangle him. I mean, why not? Like he's probably not your long-term quarterback. You've, then, you've then got you might trade him. And, I mean, yeah. if that happens, like everyone who hated on this trade from the get go, if they can trade, if golf pops off in in a crappy year, the lines go six and eleven, six six and eleven, um, and and you know he puts up a, a hundred and twenty passer rating. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm saying, like, like, like send him for a second round pick, it. and suddenly you get a two firsts, a second, and a third for Matthew Stafford. P- picture this. Picture this. On the national TV, Lions going to Los Angeles to SoFi Stadium to play the Rams. Stafford against his old team. Jared Goff against his old team. And Goff pops off. And Monday Night Football crew, I'm assuming it's Monday Night Football, is talking constantly about, look how good Jared Goff, he's revived his career with Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator. He looks really fine out there. You're telling me that the Lions then can't go and turn him into a rental for some <laughs> trade bait the next the following year come on it'd be crazy yeah can, can, uh, go, ahead, go ahead go ahead no go ahead 
I was just going to ask you guys, like, let's let's put all the you know the narrative aside. What what are what's your guys' expectations of Jared Goff in Detroit? I is, think he needs. Is it going to fall flat on his face? Is it just going to be kind of like a man shrug your shoulders here, or or maybe do you think maybe Anthony Lynn might actually fit what what Jared I, Goff brings? I think he's going to. The the first thing Lynn and Mark Burnell needs to work on with Jared Goff is that throwing motion. That has been the thing holding him back all this time. It's a weird throwing motion. It's hampering him. That and some of his decision making, he needs to tighten that up. I'm, I don't think we're ever going to get the Jared Goff we got when he was popping off and taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. But I can't, I, I, I can't believe that Jared Goff is worse than that. That you, that John Wolford deserves the start over Jared Goff. I'm sorry. I don't that he has had that. He has talent. We saw that talent when he's playing at Cal Berkeley. I get it. He's not a tier one or tier two quarterback. We've gotten spoiled off of Matt Stafford, but Jared Goff is not this bad. I'm sorry. He's not. You can reclaim him a bit. He's he's someone that is serviceable, not someone you can live with long term, but I, I can't believe he is. We need to take him out for John Wolford bad. Like, I, I'm sorry. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had an injury, too. So, I mean, that that whole scenario and situation, yeah. I think, needs to be taken with a with a grain of salt. Here are my expectations for Jared Goff in Detroit, Jeremy, to compete for the starting quarterback job each year he's here. And. Because I, I don't think that the Lions take quarterback off the board at seven. This trade 100% should not do that. Like there, there are quarterbacks that are that are more ready, obviously, like Trevor Lawrence, who's going to go number one. Justin Fields is a little bit more ready. Zach Wilson's a little bit more polished. But then there's quarterbacks like, you know, Trey Lance, who is becoming a really popular name that people are associating with Detroit um, for a variety of reasons. But that would be a guy that would really benefit from a year of seasoning. However, if he outperforms Jared Goff, I mean, just be the, the NFL is a really interesting league in the sense that like in the NBA, and this is a good analogy, trust me, like Blake Griffin is making a ton of money, but he has to keep playing because he makes a ton of money. Like, I don't think in the NFL, like just because Jared Goff is taking up a cap hit, that doesn't mean that Jared Goff needs to play like th- those two things aren't like even even look in new orleans and i think this is a really important point somewhere where dan campbell came from it wasn't james winston that took over for drew Brees; it was Taysom hill and there's there's something to the idea and something to the effect of Taysom hill gives us a better chance to win now versus james winston did for whatever reason i don't know if you want to agree with that but that's what they believed in i think that that's a mantra that they're going to believe in here in detroit like dan campbell's going to think like the best guy to give this team the best chance to win is going to play. And I think that Jared Goff can be that guy. I'll, I'll leave you guys with, with one piece of optimism with Jared Goff potentially actually working out here. And, and to be clear, I, I'm mostly playing devil's advocate here because I don't think things will work out. I think Jared Goff stays here two years at most, but I think the pairing with Anthony Lynn is interesting because if you look at Jared Goff and you look at when he was successful, they had a hell of a running game there with Todd Gurley and the Rams. And what, what do we all think the Lions are trying to do offensively right now? They got Deuce Staley. They got Anthony Lynn, former running backs. They got a, an old school guy in Dan Campbell. They're trying to bring the running back 
running game back to Detroit. They're trying to establish the run, whether they want to play off with quotes saying like, I'm not just the old school guy. They're they're trying to establish the run here. They are. And that would help Jared Goff a lot. Like I play action passes where it's his bread and butter. And I know you don't have to have a great running game to, for play action to work, but Anthony Lynn loves to play action. And I think it might work. Oh my God, I'm establishing the run. (laughs) Hey, Ah. it's, it's no coincidence that the two best years of Jared Goff's career were Todd Gurley's two best years too. So here's the only thing I'll counter that counter to that is like, I think that's all based on him being good at play action, which yeah, yeah, having a good run game helps for play action. But I think, I I think arguably Jeremy, I know we've gone (laughs) over this before, but (laughs) my main point is that if Jared Goff is good at play action, I think every, any other quarterback is just as good at play action. (laughs) Why why do you say that? Because you don't think there's a skill in play action. I think that skill is easily picked up by quarterbacks who can also then drop, do, just drop back and be fine from the pocket too. It is literally the same. Like I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm just saying like that bar is not high to clear. But I mean, again, I, I'm rooting for Goff. Let's be clear about that. I'm, I'm rooting for Goff not just because he's a lion, but I think he deserves a uh, redemption story there. But I do, I do have to, I do have to admit though, I, I've been calling Jared, Jared Goff a goober for years. That's my, that's literally been my word for him ever since the hard knocks where he's talking about the sun rising and setting. He's a goober. Dude, that's relatable, man. That's so relatable. All right, quick, quick break here. We'll come back and want to talk about draft strategy for the Lions. Because again, we've got three draft classes potentially being affected now with where the Lions picks. We're going to talk about that on the other side here on the Friday Detroit POD cast. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast here. Uh, once again, just things things happening around here. Uh, awful, terrible things. We had some good conversations during the break, but I do want to bring it back to what... I want to bring it back to the Lions here. We, we, we've kind of gotten lost. We started talking about Jared Goff. There's been some pressure, I think, as we sit here and talk about this and race it through our heads to talk about the Rams side of things a little bit, but I, I I do want to bring it back to the Lions. I want to talk about their strategies, what they have, because now you've got, I look, the Lions, I think they're going to draft a quarterback soon, but I don't necessarily believe it's going to be in 2021. And they've got the options and they've got the flexibility for the next few drafts. And I, I know people say 2022, there's no good quarterback prospects in that but we do this every year man every year we say that in january and then come just, uh november there's like five on the board so I, I i don't know like you've got as i said you've got picks in 2022 2023 the lions can trade those picks into any draft up until that year to make a move wherever they want. So do you see them going more? You see them likely to go up this year or stay pat trade down? Like, I mean, what, what I, I can't even begin to fathom the possibilities of what they could do with this kind of haul, Jeremy. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of a a push pull in terms of their their overall philosophies, right? Because everything we've learned about Brad Holmes over the past couple of weeks is he likes to be aggressive. If he finds his guy, he's got no qualms jumping up and getting him. But you also have to kind of coincide that with some of the things the lines are saying, which is something that you don't normally hear from front office this early, which is, hey, we're not close. Like they, they haven't said those exact words, but like when when Dan Campbell goes on record and says, I would love to believe that we're close, but we're probably not that close. Kind of sounds to me like they know they're not close. They know they shouldn't be spending future draft resources right now to maybe get a franchise quarterback. That being said, I'm not saying it's completely out of the possibilities. We know this team needs a franchise quarterback now. Maybe the Lions think Jared Goff can potentially be that guy, but they don't have to think that. And Jared Goff gives them the options. All these draft picks give them the options. Quarterback is certainly still on the table. There are already reports out there that the Lions still very much consider quarterback on the table for seven. But I think this definitely turns down the likelihood that they go up and get a guy. They, again, I still think it's possible because they have all these draft resources. But to me, it's more likely that this team is just like, let's see what comes to us. We can use a heck of a lot of things. Maybe we're at seven and a quarterback is still available, but he's not our quarterback. Well, then guess what? Let's trade back. Let's get more. Let's get more resources for the future. Um, I think that's something the Lions absolutely have to consider because now they have a good enough quarterback to buy them some time to find that franchise guy if he's not there at seven. Chips are available, and I think that's what's most important to to always keep in mind about this deal. Don't get caught up in Jared Goff being a bridge. Don't get caught up in the money that Jared Goff is going to cost the Lions over the next two years. Let's think about what the Lions were able to accomplish with this trade. They got a third round pick and for a GM who has a track record of nailing middle of the round picks, an extra third round pick is nothing to sneeze or cough at. And um, he got an extra couple of first round picks too. that. You know what? If the Rams win back to back Super Bowls, good for them. The Lions still have pick 32 in the 2022 draft. They have picked 32 in the 2023 draft. Like, that's still that's nothing to to sneeze or cough at. The, the the thing that's always important to keep in mind is Stafford wanted to mutually part ways, and the Lions met him there and they got the deal done. And the Lions have flexibility, like that's awesome. They have the opportunity. They're at seven. There are four quarterbacks that I think everybody kind of has pegged as being top ten guys. Having the number seven pick and then having that extra draft capital. If they want to move up, they can. If if their guy isn't there, and I, and I wrote about this for the for the Saturday open thread, which was funny enough that you know the I'm on a I'm on a record here, folks. I got like three I have like three articles in a row that were like the precursors to shit that happened. <laughs> Jeez, I'm taking my little victory lap. But what I'm saying is like <laughs> the Vada Damas. <laughs> I'm legal now. <laughs> mm, that's true. I'm, I'm so legal now, but um. The last thing I'll say is that the Lions had a chance to improve their their draft ammo, and they did it. And let's see what the future holds. But you know, the Lions had better possibilities on on hitting now than they did before. And 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 the w- one thing I want to add there too is, I think one a lot of people's concern is the Lions are at seven. When else are they going to have an opportunity this high in the draft? 
to to take a quarterback? Well, the answer is whenever the hell they want to, because they yeah. have the extra draft capital, because they have all these resources. Let's say they have a surprising season. They go nine and, and eight because we're again, 17 game season. They're picking 20, 22. That, that's probably too high. Maybe we're like 16, 17. Guess what? Package some trades up and some guys and go get the best team, best player, the best quarterback in the 22 uh, draft. That, that's certainly a possibility and something that makes a lot of sense. Why not do that? Jeremy, this is the general manager that when the Rams were picking 15th in 2016, they were the lowest picking team in NFL history to trade up to the number one spot. And you know what it took? It took extra draft capital. And that's what the Lions have now. So there you go. Yep. There you go. Sorry. I'm, I'm like fading real hard here. Uh, And Jeremy's reacting to something that's happening on the channel. Because once again, our live audience stuff is taking over the podcast recording. I was I what? was trying to keep it out of the podcast recording, and then you well, had to it, bring it up. <laughs> because I believe in being honest, Jeremy. Okay, there you go. I believe in being <laughs> honest. Uh, so so I mean, if I was going to put your 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 feet to it, like what 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 where do you th- what year do you think the Lions pick a quarterback? <laughs> I mean that's that's such a hard question to ask. I think they Come still pr- I think they still take one this year. I do. Okay. Um, I you think, think they're going to spend some of that capital move up. It's like possible, seems, but I don't yeah. think so. I, I don't think so. No, I think I don't man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I keep going back and forth on it because <sighs> I do. Because again, this, this, this front office has certainly gotten a reputation, whether it's Dorsey or Holmes, the Rams or the chiefs or whoever it is, they have a reputation <laughs> for if they have a guy, they want him, they get him. Yes. And so it all depends on how much they love this this guy. They love everyone outside of of you know uh, Trevor Lawrence. Name? Trevor Lawrence, thank you. I almost said Justin yeah. Fields. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is and and that's that's the tough part for me is because I feel like Trevor Lawrence is an easy franchise quarterback. Everyone agrees he's going to be good. Everyone agrees he's going to be first pick. They're not going to be able to pry him away from Jacksonville. Everyone else is a question mark. There are a lot of people that that like Trey Lance. There's a lot of people that like Justin Fields. Um, not so many that like Trask or or the 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 Bama quarterback, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Um, it, I work for Mac so Jones. The, I don't. I don't know if any of if if they're <laughs> if Holmes is gonna really fall in love with any of those guys. I'm, I'm not sure that they will, and and they cur- certainly can't be sure that any of them will fall to them at seven. So it might just be a wait. I think they they probably play the wait and see game. And if someone is there at seven, great. If not, like we we just got done saying, they have options. They don't need to force themselves this year. Just kind of sit back and relax a little bit. I work for Mac Jones. I'm totally on board just for the memes. Like, seriously, let's do it. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, our favorite I, movie. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think that if this regime has a guy that they absolutely love, that isn't Trevor Lawrence, they go up and, and they grab him um, when they need to. But, um, you know, being at seven and with just having as many needs as they have on defense, like this is the other luxury that they afforded themselves. They afforded themselves the opportunity to be patient and to and to wait and to strike while the iron's hot, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, like they they totally they don't need to feel pressured. Like twenty twenty one is going to be best player available if they if they can get their guy best, then that's fine. Otherwise, best player available and just wait for next year. Yeah, you got time. You got Jared Goff. You got things to worry about. And again, I I think people don't realize 
what a disadvantage scouting this year's draft is at. Not not only for for the NFL in general, but for in particular the Detroit Lions, because for the NFL in general, you're talking about no real combine, no real interviews. Basically, the combines is glorified pro days, but there's no interviews being conducted. That's huge. I feel like to like get a get a sense for these guys too. Uh, you know, Brad Holmes is still filling out his his staff in Detroit. And I don't know if he's and we've had a bunch of these guys like I, people keep bringing up Trey Lance. He played one game in 2020. One game. Tough one game. And everyone. Yeah, tough it, it, that is a tough sell. That is a tough to tell me, hey, you have this small, tiny sample size 2019 and earlier and one game he played in 2020. I don't know what to do with that. I don't. Like there's and and you have some teams like Justin Fields played five games, seven games. If we're counting the uh, the the the, the playoffs. playoffs, yeah, seven games versus what normally Ohio State would play in a full season, which would be uh, fifteen. If if they if they ran the, if they did the whole schedule, played the Big Ten championship, and then also played two games in the college football playoffs, like. You know, that's that that matters, man. When you when you're trying to get who these guys are right now, like that matters. And again, I don't know if the Lions are ready to like compare that to what's probably going to happen in 2021, where I think we will get a full season. You know, I, I think we will get full seasons out of college football and you'll be able to make those judgments. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the, the, the ultimate part of this discussion is just the Lions have time. They have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. They have resources invested in the future. And they have court, you know, a, a head coach for the future. They have a GM for the future. There's no rush. The rush is at once you sent Matthew Stafford sending, you know, packing to the West Coast. There is no rush to this. And I know Lions fans aren't going to want to be super patient. They're, they're probably willing to right now. Once maybe November rolls around in this team's three and, and 13 or whatever, maybe they won't be as patient. But I, I think right now we, we can all see that this is a full blow up. And, and so that means no rush. Do not rush yourself into a decision because a franchise quarterback is a huge decision, a huge investment. If the Lions draft one seventh overall, he has to be the guy. You do not, not want Brad Holmes' first draft pick to be a quarterback dud. Yeah. And so just no, take it easy. I take agree. your time with this. Be methodical with it, but don't rush into a decision with the franchise quarterback. Take, take your you time with. Take your time with it. You're going to need to reload on wide receivers. Your the defense has holes all over the place. The Lions have more than just quarterback as their need. If they just had quarterback as their need, they'd be doing what Stafford, what 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 the Rams just did. But there's a lot of more holes all over the place. There's plenty to, to build, and it's the, the means we're going to have to start doubling down and doing a lot more of Jeremy's favorite thing, which is talking about the draft. Yeah, this He's one actually sense. matters now, Jeremy. This one like matters. Yeah, this a one lot. matters. <laughs> the 2021 draft. This one's for real. <laughs> this one's for real. 2022. This one's for realer. Because <laughs> we. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I'll I'll get it. You know, I'll get into 2022. They only got one first round pick this year. Pfft, who cares? <laughs> I think that's a wrap there. 
So yeah, for myself, Jeremy Reisman's on Twitter at Detroit on Lion. I'm on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Ryan at Ryan underscore P-O-D. It's time we get out of here. It's time for me to take a nap. I'm like trying not to doze off as I'm coming off doing my overnight, but we'll be back here soon. We, we did ask our live audience who they want to see for first bite. We're going to try to, I think, get a Rams guest to talk about what went wrong with Jared Goff. No promises yet, but I think that's our hope. Yep. And uh, that, that would be fantastic. Cause I think a lot of Lions fans should probably want to know what they're getting in Goff. And then plenty of time to talk draft here, man. I, I know Senior Bowl just happened. We're not going to sit here and talk about Senior Bowl, but we will gladly start talking about all that stuff in the week after the Super Bowl. So until then, we'll see you to our side. Thank <laughs> you.